Right? I can't stand the sound of his voice. Like when he oh, sings, no. It no, 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 no. He's not a good singer. Fuck me, dude. Like I like the Highwaymen. It's one of my favorite. You know, the other three guys, great. But every time Christopherson sings, it makes me want to put a hot nail through the tip of my penis. <laughs> Call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of Gree Grease in my hand. Dig me tripping up and back down to buy you. I'm the last of the best, they call me the Gree Grease. What's up, everybody? Got many clients. Hello, hello, hello. Come from miles around. Miles around. Running down my yeah. Hello. I got Welcome to the Po Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Jody B. Dead motherfucker. Today, I got another episode. I'm going to try to get it out on time today. See there? Sorry. I was a little late last week. But we're getting shit rolling here at the Po Boys Studio. Today's guest is, uh, you know, a dude that's in the circle. He makes his rounds, and uh, I had his wife on a few weeks ago, uh, Juliet Miranda. Her husband, David. David the producer. With his deep and sultry voice. Hey, hey, baby, yeah. I knew that he had had some, uh, some interesting background, you know, endeavors, and I wanted to get a chance to talk to him, and he decided to come by. And we got to sit down and chat, and it was really cool, y'all. I, I was happy that he took his time, and he's just a really nice fucking guy. So I highly suggest, you know, at Behind the Ran on Twitter, David the Producer, go look him up, give him some love. Just a phenomenal guy, and hopefully, you know, we're going to work together and, uh, you know, try to get some audio gold. That's the plan, right? Either way, we had a good time. We get into all kinds of shit, and... uh I think you're going to enjoy this. So, you motherfuckers take it easy. And I'll see you at the end of the show. If you got love trouble, you got a bad woman you can't control, I got just the thing for you. Something called controlling the hearts of get-together drops. If you work Down home country boy He's gonna make it in the city Playing guitar in the studio Oh well he hadn't been there an hour When he met a Broadway flower You know she took him for his money And she left him in a cheap hotel Oh well it's easy for you to see That that country boy is me Seeing how am I gonna help Break the news to the folks back home well, I was gonna be a great success Things sure ended up a mess But in the process, I got messed up too But hello, mama and dad, I had to call collect Cause I ain't got a cent to my name 
But I'm sleeping in the hotel doorway And tonight they say it's gonna rain And if you'd only send me some money oh, I'll be back on my feet again Send it in care of the Sunday mission box number 10 Jim Croce on a Sunday. No, nothing better than that. Oh, gives me the goosebumps. Ah, yeah. Get it on your face. Ah, Jim Croce. So, in honor of our uh, our guest today, I had to go with a uh, little, little Chicago music. Some Jim Croce. Love it. Shout out. Rest in peace. Sad, sad, sad story. Sad man. So, um, welcome to the Po' Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Jody B. And if uh, you already heard in the background there, we have a deep loving voice today on the show. Um, a little bit elusive, kind of the possum of uh, the fucking the podcast game, turns out. <laughs> Mr. Dave Miranda, uh, a.k.a. <laughs> you got it. Diamond Dave, a.k.a. David the Producer, Superstar. Uh, production team for the Unwritable Rant podcast with his wife Juliet Miranda. I've heard you around the horn a little. It, it's funny because I thought you you literally just lived under a rock somewhere and just popped your head in to make voice drops. And I said, this is nuts. This fucking dude's got a voice for radio. I don't know what his face is like. He might have a face too. But I have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it is ridiculous that I don't hear more of this and what the fuck so I asked you on, and uh, I think we ended up working it out. Uh, yeah, love it, man. Love it. Thanks for having me on, man. No problem. I'm glad you came. It's sorry, it's uh, it's early on a Sunday, but as I'm turning to find out, uh, us distinguished old gentlemen don't mind getting up early on the weekends. It's the young folks that have a problem with it. <laughs> yeah, that, and uh, I'm the only guy at nine o'clock in the morning that's wearing sunglasses in a garage. How about that, huh? I'm staring at the wall of my office. I mean, I'm not wearing sunglasses. I'm wearing those, uh, you know, those, those Steven Seagal, like, yellow glasses? <laughs> I wear those. I totally get them. Yeah, I wear those when I podcast because I think it looks cool. And also, um, it helps keep the, the blue light shit from my computer from fucking with my eyes. Oh, there you go. The electronics are taking over slowly but surely, and... Uh, I heard on a on a podcast. I think it was Whitney Cummings that made the state that she said that she takes the blue light filter and puts it on her phone because there's actually some sort of an addictive thing to blue light specifically that not only gets you to stare at it but it also will fuck up your eyeballs. <laughs> so, yeah. I think she's a little bit uh a little wacky. <laughs> You're probably right, but I have noticed that it does hurt my eyes less. And you it's my wife still has hers in standard mode. And there's a, no, a noticeable difference between, you know, when she picks up my phone, she's like, what the fuck, man? Your shit is all yellow. And I'm like, yeah, well, just <laughs> sorry. Because the blue shit, it does something to my brain. Like after 10 minutes or so, I start blinking and it's just like the back of my brain hurts. How so, long have you been married, man? I've been married since 2013. So four, 2013. four years. Yeah, almost. Almost. Five. Nice. Been with my wife since uh, 2009, so almost 10 years, nine years this year. Yeah, that's how long I've been with Jay, uh, like 2008. 
we uh, our our summer movie was The Hangover. That's how I remember when it was. That was when we got together. The Hangover came out that summer, and we went and saw it. It was like our first nice. date. Boom. Nice. Now you've been married uh, or been with a girl for like close to ten years, and I've been with Jay for ten years. Yeah. Give me your uh, top two reasons why it's lasted. Okay, so I've made this point, but I've had my wife on the show a couple times. I don't know if you've listened to to much of it, but I have like three, I think, where we sit down. And I haven't heard your wife yet. Mm-hmm. I have. Three. I've heard a, a ton of your stuff, but I've never heard your wife on your show. We've done three episodes. We did one, I think, around Thanksgiving. One around New Year's. It's just she actually said she wants to maybe do an episode around the holidays, just for our personal kind of vault. Yeah, because at the end of the day, that's really what this is. This is. It's an opportunity for me to keep in touch with the outside world, which is nice. It's a chance for me to talk about some crazy shit that I've lived in my life, which is like therapy. And also, it's a chance for me to leave like something in audio form for my kid. Because like one day, he'll be able to listen to this shit and he'll know just how fucking nuts his old man was. But also the kind of shit that I was into and what I liked. And, you know, that I think that's really cool to have. I wish that I had that for people that I don't get to speak to anymore. You know, no doubt. Mm. No doubt. I, you know, I wish my father would have done something like that because, you know, my dad actually, uh, he died probably about 15 years ago. And I know very little about him because he left like when I was three. Yeah. But, but he, I, I would have loved if. I would have had something like this. You know what I'm saying? To be like, able to go back if and I'm, listen to some of you know his stories. If that I would have been cool. Walked outside tomorrow and got hit by a bus. Right. That'd be game over. My kid's two and a half. Like he'd never, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we have some family videos of like old get-togethers and stuff, but video is different, man. Like it's real short and it's never really centered on any one person, so you never really get what you want. You get them candid, and, you know. And family videos are are the worst, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's everyone going, "Hey, you know, it's just the worst." Not wanting to be on camera and holding up bunny ears, people holding yeah, up right? shit in front of their, their cup in front of their face, like, "Ah, don't take a picture of my fat face," and you're like, "Whatever, man." No, okay. <laughs> so I tangent a lot. So back, wow, skirt. Um, in those episodes with my wife, we talk. Not only about everything, mm-hmm. but we're very honest with each other when it comes to like the way I speak. I don't censor myself for my wife. That's a big one, man. You That's have, huge. You have to be able to speak to your partner in the way that you communicate. Now, yep. you will have to adjust. You know, There's some give and some take, but what I'm saying is I know people who like at work when they're out playing around uh, deer camp, they act a certain way. Then when their wife comes around, they act a completely different way. And it's, I know it's, guys like that. Yeah. It's, and I get it. I understand that you know, most people don't get that luxury, but my wife was married once before me and uh, I was in a long relationship before uh, her. So we kind of both came in off of a, a pretty good stretch and we said, look, we need to be honest. Let's do this. You know, I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'm going to tell you in my own words. You know, you may not always like what I have to say, but I'm going to say it. And I think communication is definitely the key. It absolutely is. 
I, 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 when you can hang out with somebody that you actually dig, right, and and just talk to them, just like a normal person, not like you're talking to you know a friend. Why would you marry a person that you can't have a conversation with? Yeah, it's I'm with you, bud. Dumbest shit I've ever heard, and I, it happens every day. So whatever. <laughs> And, I, uh, I have buddies that you know I'll talk to, and they'll be like, you know, they'll talk about their wives like it's a a third person, like mm-hmm. they're not even a person, right? They're like, uh, you know, well, I got to go do this and hang out and do that, and you're like, wow, dude, it's not like you're even digging what you're doing, and it's not, especially if there's a pet name like the ball and chain, <laughs> like that's oh, not a good yeah. sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old lady. <laughs> I'll call my wife my old lady once in a while, but not like yeah. So I mean, you know that the, the communication thing bleeds into all, everything. It's into our conversations with each other. It's in when we argue, when we fight. Like we say crazy shit to each other, <laughs> but. We don't. Try how do you, how do you fight? Now I, I I like to hear these stories about couples fighting, and yeah. not not for the sake of the fighting, of course, but just to understand how people fight. Okay. Because there's a way to fight. Yeah, there's definitely a technique, and you got to be at it for a while, or you got to practice. It's like sparring, <laughs> man. You got to get in there and mix it up. Um. <clears throat> so, my thing is, you know, I I don't get my feelings hurt very easily, mm-hmm. but I've got trigger words. She, she knows them. So, yeah, of course. They always know the, the, the little push points. Right. Sure. And I don't show a lot of people those buttons. But over the years and, and ha- knowing me the way she does, she knows that there's probably. <laughs> she <a> knows them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, something will happen and maybe she'll accidentally hit one of those trigger words. And I really don't think it's on purpose because, you know, in the context of what she's saying, it's just the right word for that. Right. One of my trigger words is the word lazy. Ah, okay. Not a fan of that. <laughs> and so some, you know, sometimes it's something, 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 something lazy. <laughs> what? You know, she knows the buttons to push. That's awesome. Now she doesn't mean lazy, lazy, like, you know, sloth lazy. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a thing. And so what'll happen is we'll get started up a little back and forth, kind of whatever. And then, our move is we go next level because what happens is we end up fucking laughing at each other because there's no there's no seriousness in it you know she'll say something i'll say something it starts to get to that snippy back and forth shit and i'll be like i don't know what your fucking problem is but if you don't stop yelling at me i'm gonna slap your titties you know shit (laughs) like that and she'll be like i wish you would i'll staple your goddamn dick to the table you know and it's (laughs) so we go there and then it ends up being kind of a joke. And then, you know, sometimes it'll even get to a point where like, whatever. And then you just let it breathe five, ten minutes. And then everybody comes back. We we huddle up. And, hey, man, you understand? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I got it. I'm sorry. I just, I just you said this. And, duh, 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 duh. and then, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, the out, odd bro. thing is that in the ten years I've been with Jay, that we don't fight. Right. We'll just joke. We're big joke people right so we'll just like throw jokes out like but not in a mean-spirited way mm-hmm. but just throw it out there and just i i don't know I, it's just a weird thing we just don't we don't fight so you go more I, like jabs just little yeah it's total jabs mm-hmm. 
Total jabs. I think that there's a technique to that, and if you don't learn how to fight, then uh, you're you're not really doing yourself a service. And uh, you know, you you have a version of it. It's fighting. It's it's conflict resolution. That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a, a big piece. So you said the two main keys. Number one is communication. Number yep. two, uh, oral. <laughs> Absolutely. All day long. <laughs> uh, you do it. I do it. We do it all, every, you know, back and forth. Like, that's a big one. You got to keep the love alive, man. And sometimes you got to put your partner's parts in your mouth. So. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Boom. <laughs> what do you mean sometimes? <laughs> it just so happens, you know, I, I, I'm i cool with that. So it works out. It's just sometimes you got to keep them interested. You got to. You know, shave your shit up into like a, a shape, a smiley face. Maybe. Oh, like go a, clean. Yeah, you go know clean. What Watch out. Oh, clean, clean? Clean, clean. No, sir. I don't have the kind of job that facilitates a clean palate. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell you uh, if you have a job, and I'm not saying that you don't sweat, I'm a sweater, Dave. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. If you're in a situation to where you sweat, you have like your underwear might get a little moist. You're putting in hard work. If you shave that area, <laughs> uh, you're going to feel like you have herpes. <laughs> a little scratchy. A little mm. scratchy, a little itchy. And so, no, 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 no. Uh, you, you keep it tight. That's fine. <laughs> but n- n- squeaky clean? I don't know, dude. I think. Oh, it's, no, dude. It, mm-hmm. It's all about uh, it's uh, just keep it tight and right. I mean, you get a wax job. That shit would hurt. You got to get up uh, all in there, though. That would be the right way to get some of them other hairs, the ones that you only see like once in your life. Uh, with a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> you just happen to drop something in the bathroom and you look back and you're like, whoa. <laughs> whoa, is that a Yeti? <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me of a, a joke. It's just, it's not even a joke. It's something I think about. It's funny. I said, you remember when you were like 16 and you found out that chicks have hair around their buttholes too? <laughs> it's always the first one. <laughs> it's always the first one that you go, hey, that's not right. Young love. <laughs> man. So, no, man, I think that uh, relationships are funny. You, I, sometimes I get in trouble for calling shit out because that's an, another thing is with my, my brutal honesty comes like a, a pretty, I don't want to say mean-spirited, but I'm... I've seen a lot of shitty people in my life, and so I can point them out. I actually pride myself on being able to look at a situation and kind of going all mentalist on it. Yeah. And just giving my two cents. Now, Dave, sometimes I am 100% wrong. <laughs> but Are we all? It doesn't yeah, stop me from making that snide ass. Like, yeah, I bet We all parents, judge people, man. I, I bet mean, his parents on. didn't hug him a lot. Stupid motherfucker. Shit. You're probably going <laughs> to marry some chick. Maybe the first chick you date. And then I go deep with it and just go, yeah. And then you're going to have a dog and it's going to have three fucking legs. And it's going to get hit by a tractor. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm a little crazy. Well, I, I tell you, Matt, I, I totally, totally understand what you mean. And when I read people, because I'm in sales for my day gig, right? So okay, yeah, that's a that's you have a particular set of skills, Dave. <laughs> so you know, within typically less than five minutes, I'll judge somebody, right, wrong, or indifferent, 
I'll say, okay, I got to read on this guy mm-hmm. or this woman. And then that is my perception. And I'll just stick with that every single time. Yeah. Well, I have one that I recently figured out at work. Um, it surprised me. Uh, and I, it's real quick, too. I, I'll tell you what I saw. This is a, a young woman, probably my age. I'm 31, so maybe late 20s to early 30s. All right. Mm-hmm. Attractive. Okay. Not a 10, but a, a solid 8. You know what I'm saying? For Arkansas and Arkansas. I was going to say Arkansas 8. And Arkansas 8. <laughs> <laughs> she works at this, uh, this place that I deliver to. And, uh, so her husband is, and I say husband, I didn't realize that they were married till recently. She told me. Now, I knew they were together, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably 47. Like, if I had to pet, he's not, he's almost going gray, you know, and he looks a little weathered. I wouldn't call him 50, but he's close to it. So there's probably, what, 15 years, 16 year age gap there. No, that that that's kind of a big gap, man. Well, here's the thing. I'm not fucked up about gaps. I understand the idea of like, um, you know, the the young chick that goes with the the old rich guy or vice versa. I get that. But this one's a little weird, okay? So, uh <laughs> They always forget to leave money for me. Like they used to do it a lot. At one point I had to tell them like, "Listen, you can't keep doing that because, you know, that's not going to work. So, tire shop, 30-year-old woman, 47-year-old yep. guy. <laughs> not a big uh, uh, profitable play. I mean, they're doing okay, but they're not, you know, not not rich by any stretch, I'm sure. Uh, I go there the other day. They didn't leave a check. I said, well, hey, you know, can you write me a check, you know, now that you're married and all? <laughs> and she goes... Oh, no, no, no. I can't sign the checks. And I go, hmm. What? <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. And then I, she could have left it there. You know what I'm saying? And I would have just right. written it off. as like, well, maybe, whatever. And then she goes, no, see, that's the thing. Even if we got divorced today, I said, I wouldn't get any of this. And then I said, huh. <laughs> and I'm looking at her. And I, I got a little sad. I go, oh, you're just a dumb bitch. Okay. <laughs> and I, you don't even own anything. I talked to my wife, and I was just blowing off. I felt bad for this girl because I said, "You know what probably happened?" I said he probably started grooming her when she was like sixteen. Got around her, started taking her places and buying her shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And then she fucking lashed into him. You know, has an experienced life. She's an Arkansas eight. You know. <laughs> and he bought her fucking big monster trucks and, and four-wheelers and shit because that's her deal, I guess. And that's just good enough for her. And I go, I've heard of gold digging, but this is like silver digging. <laughs> so yeah, how, yeah, how that's fuck, that's a little sad. How do you fuck your way to the middle? Like, I don't really understand <laughs> the idea of this. And I just, I felt sad for her. And you know what? I've only met her maybe ten times in my life. <laughs> but immediate assumption i said no this dude's a creep he's kind of a piece of shit and uh he's like you know hypnotized this attractive young woman for her you know formidable years of her life and now she's 30 
and just doesn't know anything except what he says and that's it she got a prenup <laughs> you know or uh, she, she yeah got, a, a prenup when you know for a guy that's you know like you said she's fucking her way to the middle right Oof. and i'm saying like she signed that piece of paper because <laughs> he wanted the prenup <laughs> oh, oh that's so painful right so painful but i could be completely wrong but I don't know a lot. I know bullshit when I smell it. <laughs> and I said, oh, I don't think so. This is something weird. Whatever. That's life experience, though, man. I mean, it's you don't have to be in sales or you don't have to, you know, everyone judges people in a couple of minutes of just meeting someone and understanding the situation. You have your preconceived notions, right? You just walk in, mm-hmm. you see somebody, you know, either just spouting bullshit or <laughs> and you're going to make a judgment call. Like a six And that's degree. the way you will see that person until the end of time. Yeah. A six degree black belt. I got to give you the, the skeptical eyes. I was like, hmm, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's like I've heard people say that you have to do like 30 years to get a fourth degree. So, <laughs> all right. Your hands are registered weapons, huh? Okay. That never happened ever <laughs> anywhere. I know that now because of the internet. But, uh, okay, your hands are registered weapons. Cool, man. <laughs> That's brutal. I don't know. It's just, I do it with homeless people, too. That's because in my life I've been homeless a couple times. I've just never been a bum. You know what I'm saying? See, that, those are the you know people that I, I, I can't get a read on or judge. I mean, because you, know, you, you just look at a homeless person. And I was just in San Francisco not that long ago. And that is like the capital for homeless people i've heard oh, dude you go out there in san francisco you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a homeless person well the weather's nice so first and foremost if you're smart you will go there i'm not saying that homeless people are stupid i'm just saying if you can't figure out that if you're going to live outside you should probably find a place that outside is formidable most of the year i think it's all their social programs you know, with everything that they well, offer homeless too. people out there in uh, San Francisco, uh, between, you know, uh, all of their, you know, uh, and it's not just soup kitchens. No, and no, a place no. I've heard sleep. about this. They get a stipend, right? Oh, and, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah no, no. I so, mean, they really yeah. roll it up there Why, in uh, San Francisco. If you are a person who's homeless and you don't live in either California or Colorado at this point, yeah, I don't yeah, know what to say to you, bro. You're not a smart homeless person then <laughs> I'm just saying like oh, and here's another one just to make the point off the weather I make judgment of people who are homeless who hang out on certain street corners certain times of the year <laughs> I know a hmm. dude who ain't got no fucking legs who hangs out on a corner in the winter time <laughs> like it's 10 degrees outside he ain't got no legs he ain't got no house but this fat fuck that sits over by the target sign you know what I'm saying? And holds his, he's got two working legs. He's got shoes on his feet. That's a big one, too. If I see a homeless dude with, with shoes on, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> because you're not, is that the uh, universal sign for you're not that homeless? <laughs> right. So you're standing there holding your fucking sign with your shoes on, and I'm just like, okay, when it's 10 degrees, I bet your big ass won't be out here. And then sure enough, the the big dude's not there when it's, 40 degrees outside but old fucking lieutenant dan he's out there in 10 degree <laughs> lieutenant <weather>. dan. <laughs> and people respect the fuck out of him you know so they give him blankets like he's he's a trooper 
So it's we have this weird thing here in Chicago. And when you get out in the, in Chicago, the homeless people, I, I mean, they're they're homeless, you know, and they're, you know, doing what they do. They, you know, they're, you know, trying to get money and, you know, hitting the street corners, doing all that stuff. When you get out to the suburbs, there are people that will stand there in the, um, you know, different intersections with a sign. Yeah. But then you, you go walk it or follow them. And they'll hop in a car and they'll go run back to their home. And you're like, Jesus Christ. I, they're not homeless. Yeah. I mean, not even in the, you know, nothing like a homeless person. It's the oddest thing. They're just, they're just trying to make extra money. Just beggars. Bums. Yeah. I got yeah. one dude at an intersection. I really, I want to pull up on him one day because he's got a sign that says, we'll rap for money. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I would have to get my phone out, you know, and be ready to just hand him a couple bucks. But uh, that'd be pretty cool, I think. You pull up, spit it, and you hand him five dollars. He's like, "Well, I'm sitting here just biting time. One of the motherfuckers said you're gonna give me a rhyme and just fucking go hard. Yeah, that's worth great. two bucks. Hell or yeah. if he even sucked, you know, just on the spot, <laughs> it'd be great. I don't know, man. Like, like I said, I've I've managed to figure my way out of some tough situations. I've slept in my car a few times. I've couch surfed. I've slept on the ground, <laughs> you know, I get it. It sucks. And you know what? If you really don't want to do it, you'll figure it out. So, oh, dude, some people when I was can. growing up, I mean, I was, and you and I talked about this offline, but you know, I grew up pretty damn poor. Right. I mean, not dirt floor poor, but you know, it's the equivalent. The, Let's say we, we had food and stuff. It just wasn't great, right. and we didn't do things. And that's, you know what I'm saying? You just kind of made life experience. You didn't get to go experience shit. Anytime that you can, like, you know, tell people the colors of food stamps, you know that you've, you know, seen some shit, yeah, right? That Monopoly money, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, that and government cheese, that's mm. all, you know, it's it was part of my growing up, at least. You know, I mean, that's not an easy thing to do we uh we would get the book the little booklet of the money and oh yeah so <laughs> yeah. i didn't tear, go tear the pages from the right yep i didn't go to um like big chain grocery stores until i was probably close to 10 you know i remember as a kid we did there was a like a hometown little place that we went to down the street the place where they give you like stamps after you buy your groceries and then they give you a card to put the stamps on and then you get eight stamps you get like a free pound of hamburger meat or like a gallon of milk you know it's just it's one of those kind of loyalty grocery stores that they don't fucking exist anymore dude I, I didn't even know that food had like regular names it was all black and white and generic in my oh, world oh that's so good have you been in okay <laughs> this is funny cause you're gonna get this uh like so hamburger helper, right? Oh yeah. If you go to Walmart, net right right now, if you go there, mm -hmm. they have like basic Walmart brand hamburger helper. It looks like old fucking Wick food stamp hamburger. Like it's just it's a plain <laughs> box, and it just says beef and macaroni across the front of it. <laughs> and it made me think. I remember the peanut butter. You remember it was just a can with the black and white and it had a peanut on the oh, front yeah. of it and it had a solid two inches of oil in the top and you had to fucking get your knife in <laughs> That's there. That's right. You had to mix it yourself. <laughs> Fuck, man. Peanut butter and jelly's got me through some times. 
I remember one summer we ate it pretty much all summer. We moved out to the middle of the woods, and my grandpa was in the National Guard. And they did the, uh, what's like the, every one week in a month, two weeks a year. The two weeks a year part is usually like a summertime drill thing they go to. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that uh, the Guard? National Guard. And yep. usually every year he would come back with, because he was a cook, so he would come back with some sort of... Uh, you know, goody basket, whether it was, and I say that air quotes, <laughs> uh, yeah. one year it was MREs. You know, I've eaten a lot of fucking MREs in my day. <laughs> I know, know them well. And, uh, so one year he came back with, I don't know, 200 packets of MRE Jesus. peanut butter and jelly. And, you know, it wasn't a great year for us. <laughs> and my grandma was just kind of weird and, and, super cheap and so yeah one summer i'm pretty sure i ate i don't know a thousand peanut butter and jelly sandwiches maybe oh oh that's brutal yeah (laughs) just over and over on crackers on toast pancakes eggo waffles whatever you could get just peanut butter and jelly bitch that's your protein and your sugar Yeah, we we had the big block of cheese, you know, that government block of cheese that you get. You couldn't ever tear the pieces off. It would just come off in big chunks. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it was the nastiest. But you know what? I still to this day get a craving for that stupid cheese. I, you know, it's just something you grow up on. I don't know. Man. <laughs> You're like, nah, not so much. I go for like craft singles. I'm cool with that. I give me a craft <laughs> single. That's it's, it's way better. <laughs> they still have it. You, you just gotta look. It's down there on the bottom, underneath some shit. You might have to pick up a drawer so nobody has to look at your cheap cheese. <laughs> we went to your those. Cheap uh, cheese. You fucking discount grocery stores too. The ones with like the outdated products and the dented cans and shit. We would go do that a lot. Flea markets. Oh, we easy. did that all the time, man. Uh, my mother used to shop at Aldi, and that's a good. You one. know, yeah. you had to bring your own goddamn bags to that place. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sam's Club. You just give you flats, <laughs> just big cardboard things to stuff your shit into. And don't take our basket <laughs> either, motherfucker. Yeah. Oh man, oh it's I, I love looking back at the old days. I we had our grandmother live with us. Actually, she was my great grandmother because we needed to rent money. Yeah. We we were so poor that uh, my mother she was working two jobs. Uh, she was a single mom, and we had to have our great grandmother live with us. And she did all the cooking. Thank God, my mother <laughs> couldn't cook. Oh, she couldn't even boil water. I mean, my, my mother was bad. And but my great grandmother from she came straight from Russia, and oh my God, she was an awesome cook. She could make, you know, out of the shittiest food that my mother would buy, she would actually make something that was halfway decent. Oh yeah. So and we loved having her around. Oh, it was like, oh, grandma's gonna cook. <laughs> She's got it down. My uh, brother-in-law, he's experiencing life right now as like a you know 24 25 year old and they're having their moments where they're getting low budget and it was just funny the other day he tried to tell me a recipe we're sitting at dinner and he goes well i made these meatballs (laughs) and i go yeah and he just went into well you know you put this in it and then some chicken stock and i'm just sitting here thinking like yeah man you're learning (laughs) (laughs) when you're fucking broke you learn how to to dope your food up you got to put some garlic and some 
black pepper and salt. <laughs> you gotta really add some shit to terrible food to make it good. Oh, absolutely. But my grandmother, I mean, she, I, I think I told you the story that uh, my uh, great grandmother came over from Russia, right? Uh, during, uh, I think it was World War One. Her father was one of the guards to the czar, the very last czar in Russia, which is a shitty job because, you know, he didn't do a great job because, you know, right. they got over didn't, turned. Didn't work out. <laughs> didn't work out so well for him. And she came over with my grandfather back to the States. He told her some bullshit story that he had money and she believed him. Oh, that was dumb. Right. <laughs> and then he, they came over. He died, and then she was like stuck at her own. It was like, what? <laughs> how, how, how did that happen? But anyway, she ended up living with us, and she made out of the generic food that we had the shitty, you know, $2 Aldi brand, you know, stuff that was coming out, you know, at that time. And she would just cook it like you wouldn't believe. It was like, just an amazing meal every single time she made something. It was like, oh, you got to stick around because yeah, you know, my mother couldn't do shit. Didn't you tell me she lived to be fucking old as shit, too? She was a soldier, man. God dang. Just- yeah, well, my other uh, grandmother, actually, uh, my other great-grandmother on my mother's side. Uh, no, I, was it my mother's side? Yeah, it was on my mother's Maybe side. Maybe I've got them confused. You told me that you had a grandma that lived to be 103. I said, that's 103. Fucking... She was a wing walker in the circus, dude. Yeah, she used to <laughs> <laughs> she used to uh, do that so, whole thing in the biplanes. So Holy shit, man. You've got one I mean, Russian informant grandma, and you've got one. Like, one wing walker. Yeah. I, know uh, I got a, a very yeah. eclectic uh, background. <laughs> Jesus, man. Well, you yourself, and that's that's kind of why I wanted to have you around today, man. Because it's you're an interesting, motherfucker, man. I hear you drop in and, and make you jokes and and get you laughs and everything else. But it's like, well, let's what's what about Dave? What's some stuff? I mean, I knew that you were a musician, in a sense. And yeah, for a long time, man. I I been playing five years ago, but uh, when I was a kid, when uh, I, I think I started playing at about thirteen. And then got my first record contract at 18. Yeah. And then toured the country with Night Ranger for like almost a year and a half. So were you in Night Ranger? No, 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 no. Just, like I, uh, band, just the opening went on, act. Went on yeah, tour. just okay. the opening act. Gotcha. So well, that's still pretty I, cool. Especially uh, it, was, the, it was all right. In the you know, It was different. You know, I, when you're talking about, you know, the 80s, you know, because that was when just when they started hitting. So we kind of rode their wave. So we started playing like nightclubs and then started playing theaters and then started playing, you know, amphitheaters. And that's when I was 18, dude. That's pretty crazy. I mean, that that was weird. You're talking about just that many people to stand there and look out to. That'd be fucking nuts, Dave. You got some It was stones. definitely a different time. Some cojones. <laughs> man. No, it's fun, man, but... Then you realize, I, I mean, I knew at 19 that I didn't want to be a musician for my like career. I'm like, uh, this is bullshit. <laughs> well, 
well, at least you got a taste of it early, so you could know that you didn't. And no offense to people that have this has happened to, but I mean, you didn't waste ten years of your life shooting for the middle. You know what I'm saying? Like we were talking right. about earlier, it's unfortunately the elite are the elite, and there's a, a middle class. And it's if you want to be a struggling musician for the rest of your life, I guess you can. But uh, it's hard to yeah, pay the I, bills. And I know a lot of guys like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, chase your dream, man. I mean, if that's what you want to do and that's a cool thing that you want to go out and pursue, then, yeah. you know, go do you. Yeah, but, man, I you got 19, I'm like, fucking time, though. That's the this problem. sucks balls. Yeah. You got to be dedicated. I saw David Allen Coe uh, in a video that from last year. And uh, bless his heart. He's still working. Um I'm a huge fan, and so it's it's hard for me to see some of these guys out there still paying the rent. Bob Seger is another one, like these these guys that unfortunately time has not been so great to. Now, Coe's got an advantage because he always sang like an old motherfucker, and so now he's an old motherfucker, right. and his songs are just a little slower. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> he's got the same voice, and uh, yeah, man. It's, uh, it's oh, dude, but shit. I see the other side of it, though. Like next weekend, uh, we actually have tickets to go see Randy Hauser. And I'm a huge mm. Randy Hauser fan. I don't know. I, do you know Randy? I've heard a couple of his songs because I like Jamie Johnson. And they used, they toured together for a, a while, I think, when they first hit. Yeah, I, I'll send you a link to uh, one of his uh, recent songs, man. I mean, he's uh, we just love Randy. But, you know, seeing a guy that can do it and make it in the business is like that to me is like lightning in a bottle i love seeing guys that just you know come out of nowhere that are authentic and just have a real voice and a real talent and they do well yeah but that's so rare these days i mean everything is you know when i look at country today uh man it it breaks my heart it really does because it's like pop music now well i'll tell you what you know, I, I'm a big fan of like contemporary Americana, '90s country. Like that's my jam. And uh, yeah, the funny thing is, there are some people who were from the '90s who are now behind the scenes pulling strings, which is kind of nice if you think about it. Now, I don't like the full blown like Florida Georgia line shit. In fact, Ugh. I'm more, <laughs> and I, I hate to use them as the butt. This insert name of guy right. with you know, baseball cap singing about bitches and pickup trucks. Anyway, um, there is a new surgence coming through like with, with Randy Hauser, Jamie Johnson, Chris Stapleton, uh, oh, love Chris Stapleton. That other, guy blew it up. He's the other fucking guy. The, the big one. Uh, Oh, come on now. Why can't I think of this dude's fucking name? Uh, you a guy that's just blown up, or uh, what are you talking about? Sturgill Simpson, boom. Oh, Sturgill. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there, there's a new wave coming, and it's it's cool. I enjoy that, and I hope that they kind of get the reins and reel that shit back in a little. But like with Chris Stapleton, the the Tennessee whiskey song. Oh, it's so good. People love it. Smooth as Tennessee whiskey, like. So good. He throws the soul into it. Funny. Yeah, he does. Funny thing is, that's a David Allen Coe song. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Not only is it a David Allen Coe song, George Jones also did a cover of it. 
and that's the more famous of the three. <laughs> I've heard that. I didn't know that that's a co-song. So the George Jones version. You're as smooth as Tennessee whiskey. You're as sweet as strawberry wine. Like, Yeah, well, that's old school country. It's George Jones. It's David Allen Coe. <laughs> he just took it and reworked it. Uh, it's it's genius. Boom. You know, Jay and I go to uh, Nashville uh, probably twice a year. We try to, you know, because it's a drive for us, right? We're in Chicago. Yeah. So we'll drive down there. You know, uh, we'll do a long weekend, go hang out there. But it's it's all bro country yeah. in every single bar that you see. And we're like, Ugh. I got a buddy that's in it right <laughs> you know, now. Where's, where's the classic, man? Where's yeah. the classic shit? You have to go on the outskirts to go actually hear the classic country. And that's sad. No, I uh, I got a buddy that's in it right now, like swimming the depths. And he's been doing it for like uh, 13, 14 years now. So he's got a following. I've asked him to come on a couple times, but, you know. What's his <laughs> I, name? Uh, David Adam Burns. David Adam Burns. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. familiar with him. I'll check him out. He's had a, like, a couple songs that he wrote that I think have gotten popular. Like You can look him up online. I think he's had a couple people like buy it and reproduce it and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, he does the songwriter thing, too. And that's what I was getting at earlier is there are some people who now, you know, aren't in front of the microphone necessarily. But yeah. the people who are getting their due, like, are you familiar with uh, Thomas Rhett? Do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah, I do. Do you know yep. who his dad is? <laughs> His dad is Red Akins. No way. So Red Akins, for those of you who don't know, 90s country singer. Uh, oh, big, big guy. Only had one song uh, top 10. It was uh, That Ain't My Truck. That Ain't My Truck in oh, yeah. Drive. Man, this ain't my day tonight. Red Akins. It's like the only song that ever made a top ten, if I'm not mistaken. Hell of a songwriter. If you look through his catalog, he's written, I don't know, 15 of like one of the top ten songs of the last ten years. Not wow. including his kids' songs that are actually like topping charts and shit. So that's pretty cool. He's still getting his shit. Some of these guys are making a comeback now, but I don't know. We've lost a few, too. Daryl Singletary fucking died, like, uh, I don't know, six months ago. Oh, yeah. that That's sad, man. I, it's it, All the, you know, the 90s guys, I mean, when you look back, there's so few that are still in circulation right now. So few. Yeah. And some of them are just getting old, you know, like some of them, I think, set themselves up. John Anderson's doing OK. Sammy Kershaw, Tracy Bird, like they're they're floating around out there still. Joe Diffie, I'm sure, is somewhere. Joe Diffie. Money, yeah. You know? Well, he got a resurgence because of that song from uh, what's his name? Uh, Brad Paisley. Which song? Uh, Joe Diffie. Yeah, that's the name of the song. He wrote a song called Joe Diffie. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I guess I didn't know this. I'm going to have to check that out. I think was that was Brad fan. Paisley. Yeah, do I have that right? Uh, some uh, new country act did a song about him, so and it, I can't remember if it was Brad or not. Shit. It'd be funny if he did. That would make two, because he did the Alabama song, too. It's a great song. Oh, that's I, right? I'm not a yeah, huge fan is. of Brad Paisley. I think he's okay, and he he is half He's a song. great guitar player, though, man. Holy shit, that guy's... He's a monster guitar player. 
Brad Paisley is actually a very talented fucking dude. Um, he has a comedy thing on Netflix yeah. that he showcased some comics that was actually really fun. I saw that, and th- and that kind of stunk. What? <laughs> you didn't think? Did you like it? Listen, his songs are pretty fucking corny sometimes. Sure. And in the opening monologue, he makes a point that there are like unedited versions of his like original versions. And he makes fun of his own fucking song, which I can just say right out the gate, like, all right, you know what you're doing. Cool. <laughs> like, you know you're fucking corny, right? Cool. And he can take a joke. And so he does things like, uh, I, I'm trying to remember, uh, everything I ever wanted, everything I need. Like, that's his song. He's singing about his wife. And then he makes a point to redo it, and he's like, she's almost everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> it's just, he's funny. But uh, he did a song about uh, Alabama, which was fun, because if you've listened oh, that's to a good song. country. Yeah, Alabama I heard that, too. The shit. Uh, but he's also responsible for one of the saddest songs I've ever heard in my whole fucking life. Um, and it's a duet. And I've made this point to a few people. If you'd ever like to hear the saddest country song ever, uh, Brad Paisley and uh, Alison Krauss, Whiskey Lullaby. I don't think I heard that one. You never heard Whiskey Lullaby? No, I don't think so. Oh. Well, I don't want to make you cry. (laughs) You're going to have to listen. Really? You never? Uh, no, never heard that one. I got to check it out. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna play this fucking song. I'm sorry. It's it's not that long. <laughs> I, I have to do it. Throw it. it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I've listened to a lot of sad old country songs. There's a few that that I can't even sing. Just because they, they literally make me cry. I can't do it. Uh, he Stopped Loving Her Today is one of them. Speaking of George Jones. Oh, uh, they song. played it at my grandpa's funeral. So that it kind of has a double Ooh. a double decker there. You know? Yeah. So, uh, and another one is an Alabama song. Uh, it's Roll On 18-Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you sad? <laughs> so, uh, I had an uncle that died kind of early. You know, it was just, he was the cool one. And, and he, he left us at, in like m- mid-50s, 55, 56, I think. Oh, that's young, man. Yeah, and so it was sad. And they had already played all the sad church shit. You know, all the... Uh, amazing grace and all that and everybody was cool i was fine i made it through it unscathed and then i hear roll on highway roll on roll on daddy like i asked you to do and i'm just like oh no and you start squirting out some tears i started bawling and now every time i hear this shit on the radio i gotta cut it off Okay. Wow. Well, everyone's got those songs, though, man. So this is one just, and I think it's because I'm a very, um, I'm a very empathetic person. I think if you grow up poor, um, you learn kind of just how shitty life can be. Like you learn just what levels people go to and how much the world doesn't owe you, and you know anybody can fuck you over, and you just you feel those feelings. Hell yeah. So. <sighs> when you're presented with somebody else's situation, if you've experienced that in your life, you can genuinely feel those feelings. 
and I've I've experienced a lot of crazy shit, and I, I feel like I'm very empathetic. And with songs, I visualize and I put myself in those shoes, right? <laughs> so here's. But this. I think that's what makes you a good dad. Yeah, it's, really. it helps. I really do. I mean, if you can, you know, get in those, you know, those moments. It, it definitely helps. Like, I videotaped him a few times. I think I posted one the other day, and it was just like, every day this kid melts my heart a little more. Because <laughs> it, it was and solid. Delete post. Right. <laughs> no, nah, just kidding. Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I present to you the saddest country song I've ever heard. <laughs> Whiskey Lullaby by Brad Paisley and Allison Krauss. You put him out Like the burning end of a midnight cigarette She broke his heart He spent his whole life trying to forget We watched him drink his pain away A little at a time But he never could get drunk enough Get her off his mind until the night He put that bottle to his head and pulled the trigger And finally drank away her memory Life is short, but this time it was bigger Than the strength he had to get up off his knees Found him with his face down in the pillow With a note that said I love her till I die And when we buried him beneath the willow The angel sang a whiskey lullaby La 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 So we got to take a break for a second. <laughs> Damn, that, that, that is a good song, man. I had never heard that before. So um, are you familiar with Alison Krauss? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, didn't she do some stuff with uh, uh, the guy from uh, Led Zeppelin? Uh, what's she, his name? With Robert Plant, yes. Robert Plant, yes. She did a cover of Keith Whitley's uh, When You Say Nothing At All that's very popular. And she's, she's done a couple other songs. She's a very talented uh, bluegrass singer. Right. And so that was the first verse, Brad Paisley. That's heavy shit, you know what I'm saying? That is heavy shit, man. I mean, I wasn't expecting to, you know, to squeak out a couple of, you know, tears, but Jesus, man, well, that's that's a good tune. Well, here comes round 2. <laughs> <laughs> the rumors But nobody knew how much she blamed herself. She tried to hide the whiskey on her breath She finally drank her pain away A little at a time But she never could get drunk enough To get him off her mind Until the night She put that bottle to her head And pulled the trigger 
pretty badass man right and then they run it back they do uh, acapella they kill the music and everything and it's it's heavy <laughs> yeah dude i i can hear you almost uh you know getting a little choked up right now it's sad <laughs> you see that shit happen it's real deal shit and i think that's what's missing um yeah authenticity man uh, it, that's exactly what's missing it because everything is about you know a flatbed uh you know a little beer you know <laughs> a pickup truck it's like ugh. well yeah i mean we all drink beer we all wear boots you know we like to dance and it's i get it but you know it, that's the other part of it man if it wasn't for those sad ass songs then there wouldn't be that other side and there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't have been popular that's a hank williams thing <laughs> that's yeah you're right yeah, that's a, a Waylon thing. That's a, a fucking. That's a David Allen Coe thing. That motherfucker was in prison. He was in prison and got out and became a country music, uh, you know, icon. He wrote fucking hundreds of songs. He's produced and made like thirty-five fucking albums, and he never got signed by a major record label until later. Later, <laughs> like this is it's crazy. Oh yeah, those guys are out there. Do you know uh, Phil Vassar? Yeah, love that guy. Yeah, he was on our show. And, man, that guy is such a great writer. I didn't know you fucking had Phil Vassar on, you son of a bitch. Oh, no, he was awesome. Uh, And such a great writer. And I I, kind of like his voice. His voice is, you know, kind of cool for country and all. But his writing is amazing. And the way that he turns a phrase is just, it it blows me away. Oh, that would be so much fun. Because that's the thing. I have a lot of respect for Phil Vassar because he's another one of those people. that He's is, a middle guy. He's yeah, a and not a lot of people know him. And every fucking body knows his songs. Yep. Because other people But they don't know them. him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's, that's the weird thing with Phil. So here's a funny. And, uh, so there's a guy from here, uh, Colin Ray. You know who that is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never met him, you know, whatever, but he's very popular, had a a few very big hit songs in the 90s. One of his songs was Little Red Rodeo. Great song. Oh, how fast can I go? I gotta catch that Little Red Rodeo. Right. Yeah. Phil Vassar song. Yep, that's a a Phil song. That, uh, Jody Messina, maybe? Okay. Oh, Jody Messina, yeah. There's a poll. (laughs) Right. So there was a song she had. um, Well, it's been a long time. She's so good. I'm doing all right. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all right. It's a beautiful day, not a cloud in sight. Phil Vassar song. (laughs) Another guy that we had on the show that just blew me away that when I went back to his back catalog, 
I didn't realize how prolific he was, and that's Charlie Daniels. My God, that guy. I mean, <laughs> everyone knows the hits, you know, the devil went down to Georgia. You know, that's the hack stuff. Yeah. But you really go deep on Charlie, and holy crap, does he have some good stuff. He sings a few of my favorite songs. I like his cover of Big John, Big Bad John. It's good. <laughs> yeah. um, some of it's, you, you got to have a taste Some for of it's it. hacky. Some of it's know. really good. Like Easy Rider 66 is pretty good. That's yeah. a fun one if you just want to get down and dirty. Be glad you a rebel because the South's going to do it. Like, that shit's rough now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's rough. Oh, but, yeah. but, some of his hacky 80s stuff oh, that yeah. you listen to and you go, ooh. <laughs> Long-haired country boy is pretty good uh, still to this day. That one holds up. Uh, I don't know. I like The Legend of Wooly Swamp. That's a deep cut. Well, it's not really. People know that song, but it's that's a good one. That's a, uh, got one of the, the coldest fucking lines I've ever heard in a song in it. The the way that he actually got famous is a very cool story. So, you know, Charlie in the I think it was the 60s, he ended up in a uh, a, a session with uh, Bob Dylan. And to this Ooh. day, he's still a huge Bob Dylan fan. And he ended up playing uh, fiddle on like a, a whole album of Bob Dylan's. And he then skyrocketed off of just being a session guy which is the coolest story because right. the guy really didn't have a band he didn't have you know any songs or he wasn't writing anything but after that whole session it like ramped him up he's like I love doing this I, I'm a huge fan of music and I want to be the guy and then you know hell you know what was it uh, in the mid 70s you know he ended up being the guy <laughs> fun fact about charlie daniels did you know that in 1980 <laughs> have you heard this story <laughs> which one the one about his arm no no i didn't hear that <laughs> so if you didn't think that charlie daniels was a bad motherfucker already playing the fiddle if you will the violin i don't know what the difference is but whatever just a name so he was doing yep. some repair work on his ranch. He was putting up some fence posts. I believe he was using an auger on the back of a, a small tractor to dig post holes, right? Mm -hmm. He was reaching into something somehow, some way, and I believe he got his glove caught in it, and it broke his arm in five places. Like, he got his arm caught in an auger, Ooh. like a giant screw that you dig holes in the ground with. And it totally shit. It twisted his fucking arm up, and broke it completely. Like snapped it in five different places. Wow! I never heard that story. And he plays the fiddle. <laughs> yes, he does, and he plays it well. <laughs> Session musicians is cool, man. I, I I like Dr. John. He was in the Wrecking Crew. You know, I love Dr. John. I, and that's you know when I first heard your podcast the very first time. And you open up with the Dr. Johnson, I'm like, okay, this guy's for real. <laughs> this guy knows his shit. This yeah. guy understands what good music is. That's it. There's, Dr. John is the shit. Yeah, he's my guy. There's a, um, another show called Our Liner Notes. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, I haven't heard it. Um, so there's an older cat that was on the show. It was the, the guy's dad. It was a dad and son, I believe, or a dad and uncle. And uh, I did a show with the older guy. 
about mm-hmm. American jazz funk. So it's like nice. a two-hour show. It may not two hours, maybe an hour and a half. But it's a show where you bring like a, an artist and then you go in-depth on an album. And so I did Dr. John, and he did uh, Tower of Power. Oh, love Tower of Power. So we just sit there and we go back and forth and we play like five tracks off of an album and talk about it in between. It's pretty good. I enjoyed it. So I was just saying, I don't know how much you like Dr. John, but that was... Love Dr. John. Uh, you know, I, I, every time we go to New Orleans, we're like, if we could just bump into Dr. John, this would be a good trip. <laughs> That'd be nuts. He's getting old, though. He had a rough year. I know. I saw him I recently. I saw him like five years ago. I talk about it in that episode. It was amazing. I loved it. God, you know, that just New Orleans music, you know, hearing the, you know, the first line and just, you know, just walking around down there. Man, that place is like, it. it there's no better place in America than New Orleans. It's pretty cool. I, I swear to God, I, I could die there. I love that place. <laughs> you could die there. <laughs> oh, easily. Easily. On any given day. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. I enjoy it. I've, I've been a couple times. I'm wearing a Mardi Gras t-shirt right now. Just speaking. Nice. See, that's the time that I will not go down there. Yeah. <laughs> that's for the young people. It's it's for a, a whole different crowd, and that crowd is not me, brother. <laughs> I'm too old to hang out in Mardi Gras. I'll, I'll go, you know, uh, Jazz Fest or any other you know, uh, holiday, but shit, man. God, I will not go during Mardi Gras. Have you done Voodoo Fest? Have not done Voodoo Fest. No. Fun, done Red Dress Run, which is freaking phenomenal. Right. That is crazy. <laughs> crazy you know it's funny uh we're talking about dr john you you mentioned something earlier and it's funny i made a connection so dr john one of my favorite artists he wrote a song called uh well he he produced a song called right place wrong time it's a pretty popular song i know that song i just found out earlier that it's written by somebody else who rick derringer no way rick derringer yeah rick derringer and I played funny. with Rick Derringer. Right. So we, we were talking earlier. There was a post last night. Somebody made some joke, and I made an offhanded, just threw it out there. It would have been a music <laughs> yeah. thing. And I just I basically wrote the line, hang on, Sloopy, Sloopy, hang on. <laughs> yeah. You're the only the person that caught it. Right. <laughs> and so it was funny. And then you, we got to talking about it, and you mentioned something about it. So, yeah, tell me about Rick Derringer. So I was uh, 23 at the time. Uh, Planning a band, just a local band here in Chicago, and uh, we were opening up for Rick Derringer. And at the end of the night, we're in the club owner's office, and he's there with this big, huge guy. I mean, this guy—he's muscle. He brought muscle in with him just to make sure. I think just to make sure he gets paid or whatever. And he's like, "I want my money, and I want it cash." And Rick Derringer is all about like, you know, five foot two, you know, right. <laughs> he's, the, he's the smallest man in rock and roll. OK. <laughs> and he's he's demanding all his money in cash. And I'm just sitting there going, is this really happening? <laughs> am I am I watching him try to muscle a club owner and he's five foot two? 
this thing right. I'll cut a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he was like, uh, you know, who was that? Uh, like Chuck Berry. Give me my goddamn money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Chuck Berry. That's a good story. <laughs> that guy would demand his cash up front before he even got on the stage. I can't blame him. You gotta, you gotta think, love it. He's been around for a while. He just died too. He was in his yeah, yeah. He's gone. Oh, all the good ones are gone now, man. It's so sad. Chuck Berry is one of those kind of special ones, though. You gotta kind of. Uh, it sucks because shit. Oh, he's out. he's got some weird stories in his past, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his his bathroom stories and oh yeah, yeah yeah. That that's a guy that's that's got a history. Chuck Berry was one of the most legendary like writer singers of what the fifties. I would say 50s, that far back. Yeah. It maybe yeah. even influenced Elvis. Call a, call a spade a spade. You might be the guy that that helped all that get popular. And uh, yeah, just a weird bird. Keith Richards, like I mean, it was his idol, right? You know, Chuck Berry was like the guy to him. It's like Bill Cosby now, like you know, <laughs> in comedy, about yeah, spoiling a legacy. <laughs> like fuck, dude. Like you're responsible for a lot, like a lot of people, a lot of songs, like a lot of guitar riffs like you're the guy oh yeah and he got caught like transporting a minor got arrested for that now that might have been some bullshit you know what i mean because it was it was a different time and people like fucking with people so i don't know what was going on there but it probably wasn't great <laughs> yeah but you, you you ever see the videos of <sighs> chuck berry yeah i've seen some videos <laughs> of chuck berry <laughs> <laughs> the one with him and the prostitute. <laughs> yeah. Where he's, yeah. he's peeing on their faces and stuff. Yeah. Didn't he fart in that one girl's face while she was getting his bunny hole? I never heard that story, but I heard the one about uh, uh, him peeing on that chick. <laughs> he pulled an R. Kelly at her. <laughs> no, this is... Yeah, that's a... There's two videos. One is in like a jacuzzi tub, and he gets in, and it's so weird. Because he's just like... He talks like Chuck Berry. So he just gets in the tub, and she's like, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, baby, I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, well, listen here. Just hold still. I got I got something for you. <laughs> I got something for you. <laughs> and he's like, now, don't you move. You put your head up right now. <laughs> and he starts oh, peeing on her tits. And it's like, oh, that's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure there's a fight. Like the next video is this chick is either blowing him or she's getting down on in the in the, the nuts. She's going at the bunny hole. She's doing something and he fucking farts. And she <laughs> yanks her head back. And she's like, oh, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, damn. Come on, baby. <laughs> it's OK. It's it's intense. And then you add yeah. the toilet videos and it's yeah, it's. When you see your heroes fart in a chick's face, yeah, that that kind of throws you a little. <laughs> I mean, it gives you a new level of respect. He was a, a bona fide savage, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, he was. He didn't give a fuck. He was just like, it's on the smells, girl. It's all good. Just wave it out. <laughs> Breathe through your mouth a little. <laughs> That's brutal. Oh, Jesus. So hey, Chuck. Chuck was known to like go into a city. Didn't bring a band with him. Just pick up some local band and tell them, okay, you are my house band for the night. And just yell off a key to the guys and then you expect them to play every one of his songs. 
it was it's insanity what that guy expected. Well, I mean, you should. <laughs> That's the I problem. guess if you're Chuck Berry, man, you can yeah. do whatever the hell you want to. Swing on him nuts. It's Chuck Berry. <laughs> yeah. You better fucking get in there. Get in there. You play the wrong note, I'll fight in your face. <laughs> he might have smacked you. He's fucking, he's an old school pimp. Legendary. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, I did have one thing I wanted to ask you about that was kind of crazy. What's that? It is to my understanding. I might have had some coercion with your coercion. Is that the word? Yeah, it's close enough. Collusion. <laughs> Coliseum. No, um, I talked to your wife. Ooh. Asked her if she had any crazy stories. You know, because we kind of got one out of her, and I was just like, you want to throw it back? She said that you had some fun band stories, and, you know, to ask you about that, I wasn't sure. You know, we, we had a couple, but one thing that we did talk about, I'm just curious. Do you play your shit upside down? Is that what she told me? I do. You yeah, play bass yeah, upside a, down. I'm a bass player, and I was, you know, so poor back in the day that I couldn't afford a left-handed bass. Right. So I took a right-handed bass and flipped it over and just said, yeah, that'll do. That That's that's the shit. <laughs> so, so that's just how I learned. Man. It's now, really is weird. That, is that Jimi Hendrix style, or he did restring it? upside how would i'm trying to no he played upside down too he did but he he played guitar upside down yeah wow same way man you might be onto something there kid how long have you done that just have you ever with trying the other way or you just just i did i i I tried to actually reteach myself the right way to play right and it didn't go very well so (laughs) i'm just like well fuck it this is you you know what you know you do what you do and yeah i just ended up playing upside down and backwards man i just ended up you know thankfully that's what i'm saying so do you turn the music upside down like how do you fucking play that do you read music or do you play by ear uh both okay i do both but when i play with other musicians yeah they look at me and they go dude i can't fucking follow you yeah i I, I got nothing (laughs) what are you what is this (laughs) yeah they're like you're you're half a retard stop doing what you're doing (laughs) okay whatever dave you fucking psycho (laughs) i was i did a session uh for uh no nhra which is that uh you know hot rod association right yeah and I was in uh, the studio, oh, and the producer uh, says, okay, here's what we want. Here's what we want to do. Here's the keys. Here's the changes. And then I started playing, and he stops the tape, and he goes, hey, stop fucking with me. Yeah, are you fucking <laughs> Can you serious? play that thing the right way? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ugh. <laughs> well, see, that makes that whole story even better because I listened to the show, and I know that there was a Juliet story that went along with that. <laughs> So that was just a yeah, fun day. yeah, and she was actually in the studio. She ended up doing background vocals on that song, right? And they auto tuned her. Oh, that, well, they auto tuned her hard. She got mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to send you a link to that song because when you hear her in the background, you got to go. That's auto tuned. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, dude. I well, you know what? I got I got one other note here. Uh, What's that? I just I, I went. Through. Now I'm afraid to ask. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Ron Jeremy is all it says. <laughs> hey man, do you have any Ron Jeremy stories that I, I might need to know? Like fun times. Oh, Jesus, yeah, it, and it's kind of an odd one. I was 
out in L.A., and I ended up uh, going to this bar, and it was a shitty, seedy little bar in L.A. And as a matter of fact, it was on uh, – uh, where was it at? Oh, shit. I'm trying to remember. This, this goes back in 19 – oh, at the end of the 90s. No, actually, it was a little further than that, actually. But anyway, uh, it was uh, right uh, by uh, – what's that uh, – Oh, I'm trying to remember. It, it's right off the strip and, and ended up going to this shitty bar, yeah. hanging out and talking to uh, a couple of dudes that I had never, you know, just didn't know who the hell they were. And one of the guys was Troy Duffy. And I don't know if you know who Troy Duffy is, but he was the producer for the movie, uh, producer, director, and writer of the movie The Boondock Saints. Okay, yeah, it sounded familiar. Like I, I don't know if I've seen all the movie, but I know of it. Like it's, yeah, yeah, got it. it it's kind of a cult movie, and uh, it's got one of the guys from The Walking Dead uh, stars in it. Uh, the guy who plays uh, Daryl, yes, if you know that guy. So, uh, ended up talking to him. Ended up striking up a friendship. Uh, we talk offline. We send emails to each other, and he invited me for Easter that year he's like hey come out to la uh come out and spend easter with us i'm gonna make a dinner we're gonna have a, a couple of people over and i'm like oh dude i can't make it out to la in a last minute trip and stuff and yeah yeah it was like dude i'm not going to la for easter what are you nuts you know i was at the time i was you know married and had small kids and i'm like dude i'm not going to <laughs> fucking la so he sends me a picture uh he sends me an email with a picture and he goes Dude, you missed the most epic uh, Easter ever. And it was him and Ron Jeremy making an Easter ham. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> like, he just looked that up. That could have been my Easter, uh, you know, hanging out with Ron Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, what would you have talked about, really? That's I, There are people in this world that I just wonder. It'd be fun to say hi to. I don't know. If you shake the hand, you might sanitize. Just saying. I'm being rude. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I... I like the hedgehog and all, but you know, what are you I don't know about? if I can spend a whole Easter with him. Hey, man, what kind of mileage you get on your car? <laughs> you know, I know everything else about you, <laughs> sir. You know, with all yeah, due respect, I, I, what I'm gonna do? You know, hey, hey, sure look. Uh, you know, not as good as yours. <laughs> yeah, like he's not. Is he not supposed to pull his dong out? Is he? Like, is it out of respect? How does that work? It, would a, would a porno well, star, if you're in the presence, like, are you supposed to see it? Like, it's like a novelty act, right? It's like, hey, here's my guy. Here it is. Gosh. <laughs> it's just, does he get a ticket for that? Does he just... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I saw him fuck a huge lady one time in a porno I stole from my uncle. Boom. <laughs> that's a story right there. Oh man, yeah, that's it's one of the only Ron Jeremy scenes that's in there, and it was just <laughs> I remember it. It was one of those uh, like just multi videos, the, the VHS tapes that just really bounced around. <laughs> yeah, and it was cut to uh, a couch with like a sheet covering a large woman. <laughs> And then she goes, oh, Ron, you know, something like that. And then Ron Jeremy walks in, cock in hand, right? But he's, like, pointing with it, like it's leading him in, you know, like a like a guard dog. That guy's a cocksmith. <laughs> he 
comes in and then he whips the fucking sheet off and this lady is easily 600 pounds i'm not even Ooh. joking like it's one of those shows and she's sitting there and he fucking st- just stuffs it in her mouth and then eventually <laughs> ends up fucking getting at it i don't even know if he was getting anything but there was motion and just it was weird oh you just gotta you push the belly and ride the wave that's what happened see ron jeremy's kind of pudgy but even next to her he didn't look that he was like fucking you know doing okay he's like adonis next <laughs> <Yeah>. to that it's <laughs> weird and now it's burned in my brain i don't think i could i don't think i could talk to ron jeremy i really don't i'd just be like hey ron <laughs> I, I what i mean what could you even you know discuss right you know what what, what do you have in common with a porn star Nothing. As a matter of fact, I was making uh, fucking breadsticks the other day, and I had to. <laughs> How did this turn from porn to breadsticks? <laughs> so I fucking I, no. This is, I made breadsticks, and I fucking was rolling that shit out, and the instructions said roll out into nine inch ropes and place on the fucking baking sheet. And I'm sitting here just rolling this shit out, and when I got done, I took a picture of it, and I go, I sent it to my buddy, and I said, "Wow, rolling big ropes." <laughs> no, I said. This is what my interpretation of nine inches looks like, <laughs> like for a guy who's never seen nine inches in his life. <laughs> like, this, is, this is what I imagined it looked like. And they were all different sizes. It was bad. <laughs> so I don't have, That's awesome. I don't have a point of reference for nine inches. <laughs> That's this is nine inches according to my life. Say man inches. Man inches are very small, actually. It's like, yeah, it's like 15, 15 and a half inches. Said, you know what? We shouldn't work in inches. We should work in ounces. I just go by centimeters. That's all right. No, <laughs> work in ounces. Because even if it's four ounces, it's that's a quarter pound of cock. That sounds good when you say it. <laughs> oh, Dave. Well, check it out. I'm gonna fucking let you get your plugs in. Tell me about all your shit. Because I'm gonna have to get out pretty soon and go do some dad stuff. But hey awesome hanging out here man we had good times and uh maybe in the future holler at me man i'm gonna be keep i'm gonna be doing this trying to uh do it on a regular basis so if you know anybody else who'd be interested send them my way and uh, always always them. man and uh we're still working on steve for you oh yeah that's fingers crossed man that's amazing it's i hope that it works out i'm gonna try not to geek out so that's <laughs> don't even bring oh, you it up. Got it. Don't fucking talk to me about it at all. I don't want to get. <laughs> I watched a, a clip of him last night. It made me laugh so fucking hard. I, uh, I haven't watched a lot of the the late stuff of his, and I just happened to pop one on, and it was about your girlfriend moving in. It. Made... Oh, he's such a good guy, man. Oh my god, <laughs> he was talking about falling asleep like in bed when they make you go to bed with him. It's like yeah. I didn't know that getting married means I'm gonna have somebody telling me what time to go to bed. <laughs> and he talks about them going come on just come do it till i fall asleep and you're like fine and then they fall asleep and said you're trying to get up but your arm is under them <laughs> like under oh, your head <laughs> and he kind of pantomimes like trying to get up and he's like god damn it he's like i want to get up and i want to wake her up and he's like i know i'll poke her with my dick because <laughs> she rolled over and was like quit it <laughs> Oh Dude, when he comes God. on your show, ask him about uh, his times uh, when he opened up for Dolly Parton. He's got some great stories. Well, I hope he's got time because it's going to be stupid. <laughs> so, 
maybe it'll be a good thing. We'll, we'll let it rest and then see what we can work out. But tell everybody about your plugs and your flask. Let everybody know for the alcoholic on the go, they sell a special, <laughs> yeah. a special and, flask. And who isn't? Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, well, you could find me at Behind the Rant on Twitter, and you could find the show at theunwritablerant.com. Very simple, easy way to get to it. Boom. Dave, you have a wonderful Sunday, and I'm going to see you on your way. Be good, brother, and uh, thanks for having me on, man. I had a blast. All right. So that's David, the producer. Nice guy. Awesome. Anyway, that's that. It's a beautiful day outside. I got to go and play with my boy. Go out here and get these toys, play in some water. So I feel bad if you live somewhere where it's snowing or it's cold as fuck. That sucks. I'm going to go get some sunshine. But, you know, uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. I'm terrible with this. Go out, tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your friends' mama to uh, check out the show, man. You can contact me uh, at poboypod at jodyb501 on Twitter. That's it, baby. That's all I got for that. Uh, you can find us on ASN Radio Network. The archive is there, along with other shows. Pizza Talks, the Naked Porch Podcast. Some good shit. But, yeah, man. We've got some good stuff coming up. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, everything goes smooth. I think you're all going to enjoy it. So, you be sure to uh, check us out next week, you motherfuckers. Bye-bye. Micro skill, you look so fine.